everyone today. I know that's already been said, but again, we welcome all of you, and especially if you're a guest with us today. Thank you so much for being in service with us this morning. It's our hope and prayer that the presence of the Lord touches you today. I just want to, I'm probably going to say a little bit more about this this evening, but to everyone that joined us Thursday evening for the uh, prayer time downtown Annapolis, I have, uh, I'm just going to kind of say it this way, I've received several reports um, about the impact that our our presence made. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll just kind of say it that way, and um, and one of the things that was communicated had to do with our, uh, our our sort of our spontaneous worship uh, towards the end, and uh, so I'm I'm excited about what God is doing, and, and uh, believe in the context of what Brother Gaddy preached here last Sunday night. That, God is doing some awesome things. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. and Begin reading with the first verse of this chapter. and I, I hope you're okay with this, but I got a lot of scriptures today. I'm not sure how people can preach all the time and hardly use the Bible. I, I don't know. It's kind of disturbing to me when I hear somebody preach or teach and they quote other humans more than they quote what the Bible said. I, I don't think I, I quote people sometimes, but the Bible's the foundation of it all. So first Corinthians fifteen, beginning with verse number one, Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. The word gospel, as many of you know, the word gospel basically just means good news. But what, what's the good news? Paul is about to tell us the gospel, what the good news is. I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Now watch this this next couple of verses. He's telling us what the gospel is. Here's the gospel. I have delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And I'll just kind of summarize what Paul just said this way. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. Why is that the good news? I hope by the time I get done preaching this morning, you'll understand why that's the good news. We sang a song last Sunday. It's an old song fairly well-known song, but it says, Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. So I want to preach to you this morning, Because He died 
and because he lives. Because he died and because he lives. God, I thank you so much for your presence that we feel and we see manifested in this place. God, as has been declared, I believe you have done miracles in this sanctuary this morning. I believe you've done some things for some people in response to our prayers, and I thank you for that. But I also believe there is much more you desire to do here this morning. So I pray now that your spirit would continue to minister and that you would do that through your word. I pray, God, that your word would find good ground today, that the seed might produce Let there be faith, Lord, that would be mixed with your word this morning, that we might be benefited by it. In Jesus' name, Father, once again today, I trust in you. I depend on you. Without you, Lord, I can do nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I have not taken the time, some of you have, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this, but I think sometimes there's some things that kind of are based on personalities, and I guess part of my personality, I have not taken the time to study all kinds of other religions. I believe that this is the Word of God. So rather than giving my time and effort and energy to finding out what other religions may say, I'm just going to invest my time in what I believe is the Word of God. So I, I say that to preface that I realize there's some of you that are way more knowledgeable than I am. We've actually done classes in the past more so for the purpose of trying to help us in how to approach people and with the right attitude and a right spirit. But my understanding is most religions, Christian, non-Christian religions, pretty much have it in common that there is some kind of an afterlife. Obviously, what that is, how, you know, you're rewarded in it, etc., etc., is it, it varies. But there, there is, I believe, a fairly common belief that there is something else. Is that, that right? But here's the thing that, to my knowledge, I don't know of another religion that addresses and has a solution for. That while there may be an expectation that there's more after this, they don't have an answer to deal with what's already happened. They may give you some hope of something in the future, but they can't really help you with your past. Paul says in Romans 5 and verse 6, For when we were yet without strength, 
In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. But there's an important point to the fact that because He died, I've got an answer for my past. Because He died, I've got some hope to deal with what I've done and what others have done to me. Anybody ever have to get some kind of work done around the house, something fixed or whatever else, and they want you to pay in full up front? Oh, I, I understand a deposit. I understand giving you a deposit for what you're going to do, but when you want me to pay in full, and I... I, I <laughs> I haven't seen the job done yet. I don't know if you're going to fully keep your word yet. I'm not interested in paying in full. Where would you and I be today if Jesus had said, you know what? I need to die for you. That's the only hope. But until you prove my dying will be worthwhile, I'm not going to die. But Paul says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's kind of amazing that one of the most important things he did for us, he did it when we knew we were obviously completely unworthy. One of the greatest tricks of the enemy is once you are forgiven of your past, he now wants you to try to become worthy of what God does in the present. There's no person that's ever received the gift of salvation because you were worthy of it. You were a sinner and Christ died for you while you were yet a sinner. But oh, because he died. Now, now listen to this. There, there's the Bible. You know, there's some, there's some preachers. I'm trying to be unkind, but there's some preachers that will tell you, you don't really need the Old Testament. All you need is the New Testament. I don't mean to be offensive, but that's one of the dumbest things. The Old Testament gives a lot of context to the New Testament. And there's so much in the Old Testament that was giving us insight as to what was coming in the New Testament. And so, there's this idea God knew from the very beginning. I, I, we had a Welcome to Antioch class this morning and I was privileged to be able to be the one teaching it this morning. And I made the point in there this morning, before God ever created all of this, He knew man was going to mess it up. He knew God didn't create mankind with this false hope. Maybe he'll get it right. Maybe he'll do it perfectly. He knew before he ever created it the chaos and the craziness 
And isn't it amazing that he went ahead and did it anyway? I don't know. If I was God, I think I might have rethought it all. Yeah, I don't know about that. But, but he did. He did it partly because he wanted some people that would love him and have a relationship with him by choice, not because they didn't have a choice or not because it was mandated. And so he decided to have all of this mess partly so that he could have what he's getting this morning. I, I heard it, I, I, I've heard it before, but somebody recently reposted it. I'm not trying to be unkind or judgmental, but let me just say, including this pulpit, just because it comes across the pulpit doesn't mean you need to accept it as truth. It's got to match up to this. To the absolute best of my ability, everything I teach and preach matches up to this. But I trust that you're not just going to take my word just because it's said from this pulpit. But you're going to say, wait a minute, let me see, does that match up to what the Word of God says? You know how many people never do that? They sit on a seat Sunday after Sunday, and whatever is said, they just take it at face value? I heard this pastor's wife of a very large, in fact, if I called her name, many of you'd know at least her husband. This whole, I'm going to call it a rant, really. But this whole thing that ultimately worship is about us. Because God wants us to be happy. So when we worship, it's ultimately so God can do something for us to make us happy. Worship is not about me. I will tell you, there's a lot of times when I worship, I end up getting something in return. Because as you begin to worship Him, you start to get His attention. And He starts to realize there's some things you need. And He begins, but that's not why I worship. I worship because He is worthy. I worship because He deserves it. We come together. This isn't. We don't just start off a service with singing because that's what you. That's the way you do it. I, I understand for that some people it's just because that's the way you do it. But we start off that way because just read the Lord's prayer. Excuse me. Let me rephrase that. Read the Lord's pattern for prayer. Not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill, but what we call the Lord's prayer is not the Lord's prayer. It's the Lord's pattern for prayer. The Lord's Prayer basically was two prayers. Father, make them one as we are one, and Lord, send forth laborers. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, is not the Lord's Prayer. That's our pattern for prayer. But notice the way that prayer starts. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, which in essence is worship. Which goes back to what the psalmist said in the Psalms. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and we enter his courts with praise. And singing is one of the ways we do that. What's the point of coming together for church and never getting in his presence? Why am I on all that? (laughs) Going back to the Old Testament, 
There were things that were done to point us to the new, to ultimately what was going to happen. And one of those things was the sacrificing of animals for sin. Listen to what the Bible says in Hebrews in a couple of different places. First off, chapter 9, verse number 22. It says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission of sin. So that's why there was animal sacrifice required. There there had to be some blood that was shed. But listen to what the next chapter says, beginning with verse number 1. For the law having a shadow, an example of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is now watch this. It is not possible that the the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. All of those animals that were sacrificed in the Old Testament could not take away sin. The word that was used in the Old Testament was atonement. Those were done as an atonement for sin. Listen to what the word atonement means in the Hebrew. It it means to cover, specifically with bitumen, figuratively, watch this, figuratively it's to expiate or condone. To placate or cancel. I, I got a question. How, how, that last part there, condone, placate, how warm and fuzzy does that make you feel? When you say you condone something, does that mean you endorse it? Does that mean you're for it? You're excited about it? I don't know what it means to you, but condone to me means I'm, I'm tolerating it. I'm putting up with it. To placate. That, that's not a, that's not a, at least to me, that's not a warm, fuzzy term. You know what you do if you got a credit card and you send the minimum payment every month? You are placating the credit card company. Long as you'll send that minimum, they're not coming after you for more. Even though you're adding more to what you owe them and they're fine with that. But when you pay that minimum every month, you are placating them. When those lambs were sacrificed, they were placating God. They were not taking away the sins of the people offering the lamb. All it was doing was giving the minimum payment so He doesn't punish us. Oh, you, you know, you can't truly understand what you have until you understand what people didn't have. Because what you and I have so freely given to us, there were people that lived for thousands of years that never had what you and I had. All they got was a little bit of atonement. All they got was God saying, you deserve punishment for what you've done, but I'm going to hold off a little longer. The blood of bulls and goats could not take away sins, but 
Skipping down to verse number 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Because what the blood of bulls and of goats could not do, the blood of Jesus that led to his death could do and it has washed away all of our sins and made us completely clean. Because he died. I'm glad he lived, but we got to start because he died. Because he died, my past can be buried under his blood. Because he died, all of the mistakes I've made in my past can be washed away and I can become innocent in his eyes. Oh, the blood of Jesus that washes white. White. Let me, let me let me tell you the difference, the basic difference between all of those animals sacrificed and between what the blood of Jesus did. Yesterday, we uh, uh, this past week, we've been doing some work. We have a, 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 a like a studio apartment, I guess, in above our garage, and and uh, we've had a couple of family members that have rented it for a while, and now we're we're it's going to just kind of be for guests and maybe maybe try Airbnb in it a little bit. Isn't it funny how every noun can now be a verb? It's not Google, you Google it. So we're going to Airbnb it. <laughs> so we've been, we've, been, um, we've been doing some things, getting it cleaned up, freshened up. And so I, was, uh, I am, I am, I am uh, striving to be uh, Mr. Harry, the homeowner. And I, I, enjoy, I enjoy projects. See that Band-Aid right there? I enjoy projects. I stuck my hand in a box to pull, try to find something. I have no idea what it was, but I caught something, and I had blood spurting everywhere. I, I, uh, so I was, I, I put up some some railing up the steps, and 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 I had to, there, I had to, because I had cut them after I had pre-painted them. I had to do a little more painting, and and so one one particularly one of them, I was painting the end, and man, I got some. I got some splatters, Brother Mike. I'm sorry. I got a few splatters. And so a little little while later, after it had a chance to dry a little bit, I, I went and got a little artist brush, and I came back with a can of paint, and I painted over them. If you were to walk in up those steps right now, had I not told you that, you would have no clue that that happened. The bottom line is this, though. Those, those stains are really still there. You just don't see them because I covered them. Mm. That's what all of those animals sacrificed did. They just covered. But it was still there. The offender knew it was still there. But the blood of Jesus is not like applying paint over a stain. The blood of Jesus washes away the stain. So it's not just... 
covered and you can't see it. It's not there anymore because he died. You and I have access to be washed and made clean by the blood of Jesus. 1 John 4, 16, and we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, because perf- but perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Because he died, I don't have to fear my past catching up to me anymore. There's a lot of reasons for this other than the one I'm about to focus on. There's a lot of reasons why I would never want to be a politician. But one of those reasons is when you get into a campaign, and especially the last little while in this country, when you get into a campaign, your opponent is going to try to find whatever dirt they can find on you. And stupid mistakes you may have made 30, 40 years ago in the naivety of your youth can come back to haunt you. Well, without the blood of Jesus, you ought to live in fear. Because without the blood of Jesus, you ought to be worried that what I've done... Is going to catch up. But the scripture says this. Some men's sins go before them to judgment. And some follow after. How do some men's sins go before them to judgment? Repentance. A confession of my failures, my mistake, my sin. So I'm sending it ahead. And when I send it ahead, the blood of Jesus takes care of it. So I think that's one of the reasons why the psalmist said it this way. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. You see, some people are going to stand before God in judgment and they're going to be looking over their shoulder because they know there's some stuff coming behind them. But there's others of us that are going to stand there and not worry about what's coming because we've already sent it ahead and the blood of Jesus took care of it. So goodness and mercy... I got a question. If you've got goodness and mercy following you, why do you need to be living looking over your shoulder? Just let goodness and mercy take care of it for you. Because he died. Because he died, my past 
I, I meant to look it back up. I always I need the words when we sing it. My past, how's it go? My past, my name, he changed, let's testify. My past erased, my name erased. Oh, and not like, not like your number two pencil eraser. Playing, played, played golf a couple weeks ago. Not sure why I ever do that, but I do. And, uh, and, 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 you know, you don't really know much about golf. Usually it's 18 holes. They call the front, the first nine holes are called the front nine. There's usually a, you know, a little break in between to get to the back nine. And, and so this, we, we played this course and they sent us off the back nine. Well, I wasn't even thinking. And I, 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 I was thinking we were on hole number one. The problem is it gives you distance and information for each hole based on the hole. It's not the same. And then the crazy thing was it just so happened that the first three holes of the front nine and the back nine were the same as far as the number of par. I see some very confused faces right now. That's okay. You'll get this part in a second. And about on the fourth hole, I realized I've been putting all the scores on the wrong holes. And there was an eraser, thankfully. It could be a dangerous thing to have an eraser when you're playing if you keep, because you can, you know. So I, I erased, but the bottom line was it was all now, it was all smudged. And I could still kind of see what I had written. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get to because he lives, but I just, somebody, I, I just, I guess somebody just hasn't quite gotten this part yet. And God's trying to get it across to you. I'm not talking about eraser with a pencil eraser that you can still see the smudges and if you look close enough, you can still see what was written. I'm talking about making you white as the freshly fallen snow. I know, I know, I understand we have a very hard time accepting that because you know what you did and I know what I've done. And to the natural mind, it's really hard to accept and comprehend what I'm preaching. But according to this book, that's the power of the blood of Jesus to make you absolutely brand new. Uh, Again, there's a difference between him making you innocent and him pardoning you. You stood before a judge, he might choose to pardon you. But when he pardons you, he's not saying you didn't do it. In fact, he's saying you did it, but I'm going to let you go. You understand Jesus doesn't just pardon you. He declares you innocent. That Whatever you did, in his mind, it's as if you never did it. Key point is his mind. There's a couple of places in the Bible that tell us that when we repent, God completely forgets it. Completely forgets it. I know I'm amongst a few people today at least that know what it means to completely forget. (laughs) Except 
we're not talking about intentionally. Oh, my goodness. I've been around some people that are a little bit older than me that give me no encouragement. As it gets worse, I'm like, great, because it's already kind of bad. <laughs> There's a couple of places where the Bible tells us that when God forgives us, He completely forgets. I, I, I walked up. The other day I was in Home Depot and I needed some assistance and I walked up to this young lady. I walked up and I said, hey, I, I, I need some help with getting something. And the first words out of her mouth was, you don't recognize me, do you? It doesn't take a whole lot of understanding to know that means I should recognize you. So then I tried to take a quick look at her name. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I really don't. And then she said, I forget exactly the way she said it, but the gist of it was, well, if I say hello, pastor, would that make you feel bad? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I used to come with so-and-so. Oh, great. You still don't remember, do you? Not really. <laughs> Here's the amazing thing is the one who has the ability to remember everything, whose memory never fails, never fades, chooses, chooses to forget. But again, the problem is there is also nowhere in Scripture that tells you and I we forget. Which is part of the reason why we often struggle with accepting that we are forgiven is because we remember. If God is able to forgive when you repent, don't you think He could have made it that when you repent, you forget? Absolutely, he could have, but he didn't. And I think one of the reasons for that is just to be a reminder of how great he is. Because I don't deserve to be where I am. I, I don't deserve to have what I have. I, I don't deserve your goodness and your blessings, your love, your grace, because I know what I did. I know how I messed up. But he doesn't remember. So because he died. Blood that was shed has provided forgiveness. Not just placating him, but it has provided forgiveness. Because he died and because he lives. Paul says this in Galatians 2 and verse 20 about the living part. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. 
Not only is my past taken care of because he died, my living is now provided from him as well because he lives. And as Paul said, he can live through me. I've had the experience in my throughout my lifetime of seeing people going through very difficult circumstances and situations and but they still have a smile on their face and and they still walk in here and lift up their hands and worship the Lord and give him praise and honor for who he is and and I and, and sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm looking at them and I'm thinking how are you doing what you're doing with what you're going through right now you know how it is is because he lives He lives through me. And I think part of what Paul is saying there by frustrating the grace of God is, if I will let God do what He wants to do through me, He's going to live through me. But if I fight it and resist it, if I work against it, I'm frustrating God from doing what He has the power and ability and desire to do. There's, an, there's, this, there's this thing about God that really amazes me. That, that basically whatever He asks or requires of us, He also provides the means by which to do it. Paul said in Romans 12, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So what he's saying there is you should give yourself completely to God. That's what's reasonable. But there's there's no human being that in their flesh wants to do that. But the grace of God, the Spirit of God living in me, if I will allow it to, will produce that through me. Because He lives, I can live. Second Corinthians 4, verse number 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We've got this treasure in earthen vessels. In, in, in 2023 terminology, that would basically be the equivalent of plastic containers, paper cups. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The value of this bottle right now is not the bottle. The value of this bottle right now is the contents that are in it. Because what's going to happen is when this water gets drank, somebody's going to take this bottle and dispose of it. I've used this analogy many times now, but growing up, my mom, as long as I can remember, had a china cabinet in the dining room. Man, there's there's some beautiful dishes that sit in that china cabinet. And there's some beautiful dishes that never come out of that china cabinet. 
because they are there for display. Because their value is how they look. My mom has no plastic bottles in her china cabinet. There are no paper cups in them. Because the value is what's in the container. So Paul says we've got this treasure. What's that treasure? The Spirit of God living in us in earthen vessels so that the excellency of the power is not of us. You ever, you ever seen somebody, or perhaps some of you have done this, you've helped a, 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 a small child hit a baseball? They're holding the bat. You put, their, you put your hands on their hands. And somebody tosses the ball, and they hit it every time. And they think they hit it every time. That's really the, what's happening with you and I. You think you're doing it? No, you don't have the ability to do it because the treasure is in an earthen vessel. The excellency of the power is of God. It's not of you or me. And look, 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 look what he goes on to say. These are, these are just so encouraging and uplifting verses. We are troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So when you see somebody that's going through something, and you don't know how they still have their head up, and you don't know how they're making it, and you don't know how they're still trusting God, it's because the death of Jesus is providing life in them. So because He died, and because He lived, lives that's the reason that i can live not only without fear of tomorrow but also without a fear of my past ephesians 3 verse 17 that christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in somebody else. According to the power that worketh in the pastor. According to the power that works in a select few group of people. No. When you've got that treasure, you now have the power in you that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. I said this in 2023, the craziness that we went through, but I don't know, COVID more and more seems to be like such a small deal compared to the other 
craziness and chaos. I said it back then and I keep saying it since. I I don't understand how a person lives without faith in God and a relationship with God. Has anybody noticed all that crazy stuff that happens all over the place, everywhere else is happening in our backyard? Kind of disturbing when I'm reading that my normal Sunday lunch spot is in the vicinity of a crime scene where three lives ended up being lost. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, I don't know how you're not on medication. I'm not trying to be unkind. I don't mean that unkindly. If you don't know Jesus... If you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you don't live with all kinds of anxiety and fear, you really do have mental health issues. Because with all the craziness in this world, you don't, you just, there's no place to feel safe. And I said it a couple, said it a week or two ago. I thought staying home felt safe until we had a tree fall on our house. Others have had it fall worse. So where do you go? Because he died and lives, I can live without fear of my past catching up or fear of what's coming in my future. Paul basically, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but Paul basically said, you can't threaten me with death. He said to live is... Christ. Then he makes a statement that most of us, as much as we believe the Bible, we struggle with. He said to die is gain. So in essence, you know, we think, well, if we pray for God to heal somebody and they die, then that was put. No, they just gained. They're not mess, they're not dealing with the chaos and the craziness and all the stuff or if nothing else, the physical issues some of us are still dealing with. They're not dealing with that anymore. They have, they have gained. I called my grandmother, my 93 year old grandmother a couple of days ago. I was told she wasn't feeling well and I called her. She said, I've lived a long life. I believe in the power of the cross, the blood of Jesus. I'm ready to go. I, I, I'm, I got off the phone. I'm like, Lord, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. I know she said she's ready to go, but I'm not ready. She's my last living grandparent. And then we're, we're holding out hope. My, my eldest daughter is due in October. And they, they 
we, we, we're holding out hope for at least one picture of five generations. And that's... But the bottom line is, you know what she was saying to me the other day? If I keep living, okay. But if I die, it's gain. That, that because he died and because he lives... I can live, but I also can face whatever's coming in the future because I know He's got it all in control and there's nothing that can get to me without first going past Him. Christianity is not a ticket to a pain-free, problem-free life. There's a lot of people that have become disillusioned with Christianity because somebody told them, give your life to Jesus and you won't have any problems. Nope. You'll get rich. You'll drive Mercedes and Rolls Royce and you'll live in mansions and whatever. And that, that's not... Jesus said, Jesus said, in this world, you shall, not might, not maybe, not a possible. You shall have tribulation, problems, troubles, tests, difficulties. But then listen to what he says. Be of good cheer. Because I have overcome the world. So when I am born again of the water and of the Spirit, when I am filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the one who said those words, the one who says I've overcome is the one that now lives inside of me. Let me just tell some of you, especially maybe if you're a guest today, one of the, one of, there may be a, better way of saying this, but this is just the way I'll say it. One of the negative things about what you see this morning is our, our human nature, the way we're wired is we basically, we, 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 we basically kind of judge, and I don't mean judge in this context in a negative way, but we basically judge a person by what we see. So, I, 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 I believe, I, I, I feel it in my spirit. There's some of you here this morning and you've you're, 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 you're got some difficulties and challenges in your life. You've made mistakes and, 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 and maybe you're going through some very hard stuff right now. And so it'd be very easy for you to look at these people this morning and what you've seen people doing and how they've been acting and think, well, I, I don't have any hope. Or, or, or maybe, you know, well, they can't relate to me. Oh, you, you have no idea. There's people in this place today that were drug addicts. There's people in this place today that were alcoholics. There's people in this place today that were addicted to other things. But the good news is there are not, they are not just simply living as recovering addicts. The Apostle Paul said, if any man be in Christ, 
He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The old saying is, don't judge a book by its cover. Let me see if I can paraphrase it this way. Don't judge where the people around you have been based on what they look like now. Because there's some people in this place that knew what it was like to walk in here and think, there's no hope for me. There's no answer for me. But because he died and because he lives, there is hope. I want you to stand, please. That's the good news. The good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the fact that it has the ability now to wash away all of my sins, take away all of my past, and it can give me a hope for my present and for my future. Can I tell somebody else, not only... And the blood of Jesus wash away your sins. But the Spirit of God also has the ability to heal you of the hurts and the wounds of the things you've been through in your past. There's people in this place today, you've dealt with great abuse in your life, severe abuse. I'm here today to tell you Jesus can heal Is there, are there any adults in this room right now that you have no scars on your body anywhere? No scar. How about this? Is there any adults in here that you don't have at least one scar somewhere on your hand? Anybody? Anybody? You have no scar? I, I got... Got a new one in the making. A couple of you know this story, so humor me for a moment. But 2020, as I already said, I, I love to do stuff around the house. I like to, I like to paint. I like to try to build stuff. I like to try it all. And with some caulk and paint, I can usually hide the carpenter. Brother Whaley always said, a little caulk and paint will make a carpenter what he ain't. So, You know, the blood of Jesus and the Spirit of God is a lot like caulk. It fills in a whole lot of gaps in your life. A couple of years ago, 2020 actually, my first time to ever use a table saw. And I was very nervous about using that saw. And I did everything I thought I was supposed to do. And I had pushed a piece of trim through with my one hand clearly out of the way. And I used another piece of wood. To, and I reached down and I flipped the switch to turn off the blade. And subconsciously my mind was thinking of a light switch. <laughs> you turn a light off, it's off. You turn a table saw off, and it's not still causing it to go, but it's still going. Kind of like the Energizer Bunny. And I reached down, and I went to push the piece of wood, and my thumb was a little too far down. 
cut it. And seven stitches later, and for months, for months, I was so careful with that hand. I'm right-handed. Anything I would do with that hand that I'm used to doing, I would do it very reluctantly because you grab something and that hurts. But three years later, don't think about it. I bumped my finger that I cut yesterday a couple times in the last 24 hours, and every time it causes throbbing pain. But guess what? I have hope. I have hope with this one because I have experience with this one. And this one tells me that if I'll just give it time. You see, I I said this to somebody just a couple of days ago. I forget who you were, so forgive me. But the, the idea that time heals all wounds is one of the dumbest things that and sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me are two of the most ridiculous statements in the history of mankind. So here's, here's the thing. Time does not heal all wounds, but it takes time for wounds to heal. Nobody said, usually somebody says, say it again. I don't want to say it again, and I want to say it again, and nobody said, say it again, so I'm going to say it again. Time does not heal all wounds, but it takes time for wounds to heal. Of course, it also takes some proper behavior, because if I would have just kept using this hand normally, I would have continued to cause the wound to not heal. Going back to the fact that all of you, many of you, in fact, I didn't see any hands raised, so that tells me unless you were just not paying attention or you're lying, every person in this room could very easily look at a hand and see a scar. But the fact that it's now a scar, there's no more pain, doesn't hurt anymore. There is a reminder. God does things in the natural. Oh, I, I know you may not be feeling anything, but I'm telling you, the, the Holy Ghost is talking to somebody. I don't know who you are. God does things in the natural to illustrate things in the spiritual. And there's some people in this room tonight or this morning, guests and not guests, people that come here all the time, that you're still dealing with some wounds. You're struggling with the hope that it's ever going to go away. I'm here today to tell you the Spirit of God has the ability to heal the wounds from the past. The Spirit of God has the ability to take away the shame of your past. Can I ask you, not that you've got all of it together and you don't have any other wounds, but I can I just ask you, is there anybody this morning that you can testify to the fact there's some stuff from your past that God has already healed you of? Some things you thought you'd never get over, some things you thought would affect you for the rest of your life, but the blood of Jesus Christ not only washed away your sins, but it's brought about healing and wholeness that 
is available in this place right now. Would you just bow your head right now and close your eyes? I believe there's some people in this room right now that the Spirit of the Lord, it's not just the words of a man that you're hearing right now, but the Spirit of the Lord is talking to some people today that because He died and because He lives, you can live. But not just live in a survival mode. He said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to get an invitation right now to somebody to step out of your seat to make your way down to this altar. Maybe you're struggling with your past today and you need to know that because He died, your past can be dealt with because he died your past can be healed your sins can be washed away maybe some of you are living today with with a lack of hope for the future but you need to know that because he lives you can live also in the name of Jesus 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 I'll be the first to acknowledge today if you want to if you want to just approach all of this through intellect it doesn't make sense it doesn't seem possible it doesn't seem real if you're approaching it with intellect but if you approach it with faith and you believe what you've heard then the spirit of God is able to do it for you today in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Oh God, I pray right now, Lord, for those that maybe maybe you're battling doubt. Maybe they're battling unbelief that it's possible because of because of what they've been through or what they're going through, but I pray right now, Lord, that faith would replace that doubt, that faith would replace that fear, that there would be faith that because you died and because you live, I can live also. I can live free from the failures of my past. I can live free from the mistakes I've made. I can live free from the heartache and the pain of what was done to me because of the healing power of your Spirit. Make sure you do this in a courteous, respectful way, but maybe there's somebody nearby you, maybe... Maybe they're just not comfortable with stepping out of their seat and coming down to the front, but, but the Spirit of the Lord is trying to touch them right now. Would you, would you help them? Would you encourage them? Would you pray with them right now in the name of Jesus? Come on, I believe it's not just down front right now where the Spirit of the Lord is working and ministering, but all over this sanctuary today there are people that the Spirit of God is wanting to touch you today. He's wanting to help you today. He wants you to leave this place today with hope for your future. That no matter what your circumstances may be right now, no matter what your circumstances may be right now, He's able to give you hope for a future. Not a future of just survival. Not a future of just simply existing but a future that has life and life more abundantly.
the name of Jesus. Let your spirit minister in this place right now, Jesus. Let your spirit minister in this place right now, Lord. Lord, I pray that some that are in need of the forgiveness that comes from you would receive that. But I also pray for those that are in need of healing today. Healing of hearts. Healing of their minds. Healing of their emotions. I pray that you would do that right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fount I know nothing but the blood of Jesus what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount 
reason this is all my hope and peace nothing but the blood of Jesus this is all my righteousness nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fount I know nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fount I know nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fount I know nothing but the blood of Jesus the Spirit of the Lord is still ministering to some people in this place if you need to go or you want to go please feel free to do so we are thank you again for being with us in service this morning Hallelujah.